is the Three Preachers Podcast, featuring three preachers talking about life, church, and of course, the Word of God. And now, welcome to the Three Preachers Podcast. I said a hip hop, the hip it, the hip it, the hip hip hop, you don't stop the rocket to the bang bang boogie, say up jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie. Welcome to the Three Preachers Podcast. As always, I am David McLean, sitting to my right is the man, the myth, the legend in a very tiny circle of people, Chris Jones. <laughs> Sitting to my left is the pride of Madison, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Evan Morris. Triana. Money. Yeah. What? Who? Triana. Triana? I'm from Madison. Triana. Okay. Just making sure. Wow, that's a different type of people from Triana. <laughs> a little too close to the river, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, we learned about rivers. We've learned about rivers this morning. Triana rough people up, man. Hey, really? from Madison? I have no idea what any of these places are or what you're talking about. It's kind of like Caddo, where I just sound like Caddo, though. Is that anywhere near Birmingham? Or what are you talking about? We're, we're, no, we're a good bit, we're like at the Tennessee River right now. Oh, we're a little oh. further north. He's north, north of the river, I was south of the river. So if you look at the geography, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we, no. we found the people north of the river a little suspect. Yeah. Chris was down river. Down, you know way <laughs> down river. <laughs> Everything ran down. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I just lived in the middle of the Chipotle River, so that was I was neither top nor bottom. I was is it mediocre. Is that yeah, yeah, just the medium, yeah. just just the medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fellas, how's your week been? Good. I feel pretty manly. I woke up this morning and changed the brakes in Kaylee's car. Oh wow. yeah, oh, I'm impressed. Yep, yeah. got a little dirt in my hands. Some red meat too. Oh yeah, just good. went ahead. And, good, good. Yeah. Raw red. Bit into a raw, it's a raw steak. <laughs> yeah, just chew it. Mm. Very nice. Ron Swanson would be proud. He would. That, that's kind of what I was channeling this morning. Ron Swanson got up early, watched a YouTube video on how to how change to the brakes. Change the brakes. <laughs> As a man does. Well, I hadn't done it in so long. I think the last time I really did it was with my dad, like when I was living at home. So that's something it, we do like quit. every other week. You change the brake pads. Yeah, it's just part of life. Yep. I said it's a man does. Really weird, I, on the, weird on the brake yeah. pads, aren't you? You should. There's not that many <laughs> stops between here and your house. <laughs> I said it's a man does, but my dad probably, my dad was always just, just take it off and figure it out as you go. So actually a man yeah. would not read or watch a YouTube video. He no, just figured no, out. wonder how to put it all back together. Yeah. 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 My dad would take everything apart and then call my brother, who's a mechanic, to come put it all back together. <laughs> I say he would. He still does. Uh, it's not a good like sign when you have parts that are... Still, you know, yeah, not, not used, not put back, still, and yeah. you're done with the project. Like, oh, we have uh, left something, yeah, something loose here. Yeah, it's extra. Just put it aside for later. <laughs> That's Chris, what a man. Chris, what did you do this week? Oh man, just kind of a normal week. You know, Monday. Uh, this is from a ministry perspective. You know, when you quote unquote get a day off, uh, it actually makes the week a lot more difficult because <laughs> you got to double all your work mm-hmm. up. Yeah, because. Everything still is coming ahead for you that you got to do. So the day off, like Tuesday, is kind of a marathon. You know, you come back in the office, and but it's a good day. It's a productive day, and it's been a good week. Uh, we had JC Enlow here in town, and I got to spend a little time with JC. He is a cool guy. Um, I mean, when I look at all that he does, um, here's a guy that's a little bit older now. You know, he's given his whole life to the work of Christ, and. But man, he's never slowed down, and it's it's inspirational to see a guy that's still in ministry. That I think JC maybe in his 80s, and uh, he has not missed a step. He is still rocking and rolling. So it was inspirational to be around him 
uh, yesterday. That's cool. It's been a good week. Speaking of slowing down, didn't David have like a six day uh, weekend or something oh like my that? Gosh. <laughs> well, listen. I heard you weren't at church because you had a tickle in your throat. Doctor Devin has decided that strep throat is not that big of a deal anymore. So listen, you can send, Ronnie, you can send, you can send all your hate mail to Devin at WCC. Listen, listen, Ronnie Tucker told me Sunday morning David's not at church today because he's got a tickle in his throat. That's not what I, I don't even know what he's talking about. I didn't even. I that never. A, that is a Ronnie perspective. I, I, Ronnie's probably never had a day off in his life. <laughs> Ronnie was laughing the whole time he told me. So I have maybe too much. Um, I have too much. Uh, what I'm looking for respect for myself to use the phrase "tickle in my throat." Mm-hmm. I would never. Mm-hmm. I said I've been dealing with some throat mess for the last couple of days and still feeling crummy from it. Because I know at the time it was strep throat. Too many adjectives. He can see through it. Oh, sorry. A tickle yeah. in my throat. No, I'm actually requesting that we stop closing the office because this is the third time in a row now. Oh, I know. That I've, we've closed the office and I got sick. <laughs> it was between Christmas and uh, New Year's and then Easter. I was dog sick after. I said, oh, we got to stop closing the office because I get sick now. This third time in a row. So, yeah. But we're all good now. Just a year or two ago, if you'd have said you lost taste and smell. Yeah, that's true. You would not have had a choice. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. So I could have got the whole sideline for like a week. Oh, man. Oh, I feel like it's coming back. Well, what'd no, you do, no. though? Huh? What'd you do, though? I, I just... You are just recovering. You were just... Yeah, I just... Yeah. Convalescing. Yeah. I mean, there's... I couldn't sleep because I couldn't breathe hardly. And then by the time I figured out or learned that it was strep throat, it was too late. So like a man, I just powered through it. Nice. So Ronnie Tucker, I didn't take medicine. I didn't take no. I didn't need no antibiotics. Yeah, I just did like every other person, does, every other man does. Ronnie's from Cry, El, ignored, El, ignored, ignored health ignored, concerns, ignored. and uh, Ronnie's from Elba. I think Elba people they deny modern medical science. Yeah, <laughs> 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 he's not listening to this. Yeah, I'm no, talking no, to him. No, yeah. Take this elixir, son, and rub some dirt on it. <laughs> so well. Well, so for our tens of listeners out there, we had a production meeting last weekend. Last weekend, and by production meeting, I mean uh, we stood in one of our offices and just rattled about whatever we we're talking about. And uh, the podcast came up, so we kind of talked about what do we want to we want to do with the podcast? What do we want to do? What do we want to talk about? Uh, you know, I don't know if y'all know this or not. We probably don't, but you can check the analytics on our podcast, and it's interesting watching how how long people are listening to the podcast and then at what point they're they're kind of dropping off and almost <laughs> almost every week a large portion of people are dropping off by the time we get to the passage of the week got them yeah <laughs> yeah but caught you red-handed <laughs> so you listen to all the nothingness you thought you could just turn us off <laughs> and when you hear passage of the week you just turn it off you know like, well uh, it's fine i guess uh you know we we can become easily uh, like seinfeld you know uh, Seinfeld was about nothing. Our podcast could uh, become a Seinfeld mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. which Seinfeld's fine. wasn't a huge fan, but I watched I it. Seinfeld. I mean, it's I watched fine. it. Continue. Good. Yeah, yeah, fine, but, yeah. but anyways, so we start talking about what's maybe some some modern topics, some things going on today. What can we talk about on the podcast that that would not only help us know how to navigate things that are going on, but but help you navigate some some things going on in our culture and society and the news. So that's what we're going to do for several weeks. Uh, and we actually encourage you, if you're listening and there's a topic that you like for us to touch on, uh, feel free to send one of us an email. You can uh, david at wcc.church or devin at wcc.church or chris and say, hey, I'd love for you all to kind of talk about this and how to deal with this. But I know we've got several topics coming up. Today, we're going to talk about 
artificial intelligence, which honestly is not something I've spent a whole lot of time thinking about or losing sleep over or even... I was like, I didn't even know this was a thing. So why do we need to talk about artificial intelligence? I think we've all noticed here recently, um, like you said, I think it's a recent phenomenon, you know, because it was not on my radar either. And you had a guy that worked for Google came out and is no longer working with Google, I believe, and he is sounding the alarm saying, these technologies are getting way afield. Like we need to have a conversation and slow tap the brakes. I think you said it was Elon Musk actually said something similar, but... What got my attention was Russell Moore had a quote, and uh, y'all may remember Russell Moore worked at the Southern Baptist Convention, and now he works for uh, Christianity Today. But he's an ethicist and a, and a thinker and a theologian, and this is what Moore said. And he's not some, you know, conspiracy theory shrill, you know, black helicopters. You know, the world's going to end. But this is what he said. But no issue keeps me awake at night like those surrounding technology and artificial intelligence. The implications. Artificial intelligence will have for our future are vast. It's critical that the church be proactive in understanding AI. It's also critical the church insist AI be used uh, in ways that uh, consist or are consistent with the truth that all people possess dignity and worth, created as they are in the image of God. So I think he touches on something very important. So I thought, well, that pretty good reason to talk about this. So this is like an anti-tech podcast, which would be. Actually, ironic since <laughs> podcasts are part of technology. Yeah, I mean we're not anti-tech, right? We don't. No. we don't hate technology. I think there's a lot of good uses for tech. I mean, like, what are some things you guys see, like, from ministry's perspective, from your experience, that technology is good for? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, there's this really funny thing I saw about. It's kind of making fun of a certain people group. So I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm not being ugly. I'm just repeating to you, which I guess that doesn't make anything better. But it's a group of Amish people, and they're like having a talk amongst themselves. They're just saying, you know, God, God knew that in 1835, that's as far as tech should evolve, <laughs> and we should stick to that. And like, you know, it's just funny things. Like, you know, no, I'm not anti and anti tech. I think it um, it helps. It helps and harms everything. You know, it's like any other tool. It can be used really well or it can be used to kill people. And yeah. that's what our technology's done for us. It, You know, I, I can keep up with, with friends and family that, you know, I'm five hours from family. I'm two to three to five hours from some of my closest friends, and I'm able to keep in touch with them, know what's going on in their life. And they encourage me. I encourage them. And technology's really good that way. Yeah. It's also bad though when you finally see them for the first time in a while, like face to face, and you got nothing to talk you about. You got nothing. You got nothing to talk about because you're like, I know everything you've been doing because yeah. I'm following you on Instagram or yeah, it is whatever. social media. But I mean, AI in particular, you know, there's some really cool things that that you can do with it that I see the kids using. You know, ChatGPT is the number one. Um, I won't name names here, but I had some of our youth lead a devotional a couple of weeks ago. And I said, you know, y'all do it on, on what you want to. And so they came in, and they had a PowerPoint with it. And they talked about, and this is the language they used, the communicable and incommunicable attributes of God. And I was thinking, this is really cool. Like, I, I never would have thought that they would You're have like thought about, about this. about yourself. Like yeah, I was really like, cool. wow, I have succeeded as 
a minister and teacher of God's word that these kids know this. Anyway, so they came in and gave like a seven-minute devotional on the communicable and incommunicable attributes of God. Sure, that was riveting. And and they had a PowerPoint with it, and they were taking turns saying different things. I was like, and at the end, I was like, guys, this was great, and like gave them a round of applause. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, well, we wrote it with ChatGPT. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And uh, Devin cried himself to sleep. And yeah, <laughs> uh, so it's cool. It's it's like a really advanced form of Google. ChatGPT is where you can go in and you are unlike Google where you just type in and you get a whole plethora of answers. It's almost like you're talking to a very, very intelligent person and you can ask them any question you want. Now, the problem with ChatGPT is it's written by a particular individual right. who has their own set of beliefs and standards and ethics. And so you can ask certain questions and it will give you particular answers geared towards the original coder's way of thinking so there are some downsides to it i've used it for research for research um, i'm working on a thesis for next year and so i've been using it to ask questions about god's foreknowledge and what different uh theologians think about god's foreknowledge and it can give you a pretty good response but can't always locate you know where a particular quote is or something like that so it has its um you know obstacles, setbacks, or whatever to deal with there. But, like, that's there, there's some cool things to do with AI. Um, I know that Chris has brought up, and I've seen some of it too, like Christian art that people are using with, with AI. And, like, there's... It's beautiful. I mean, beautiful pictures of some Old Testament scenes and scenes from Revelation that I've always kind of want... I've always kind of wanted to see in, in Christian art, but you really don't, modern Christian art. And with AI, you can do that, and it looks incredible. Amazing. I think you touched on one thing, too, like when you talk about technology. Uh, a guy by the name of Thacker, Jason Thacker, has done a lot of research on this. And he said with tech, like you said, the programmer is directing yeah, um, the, code, the research, yeah. the coding. So you get a certain response that they want to use to shape you. And I think that's the big question for tech is – it's it's deterministic. Is it determining you? Is is tech shaping us? Yeah. So think about our phones. What they're doing to us. You know, it buzzes. It goes off. My my heart rate goes up. You know, you lose your phone. I mean, I have this guttural reaction sometimes. Like, where's my phone? What do I do with it? It's almost like panic. Like, mm-hmm. this is silly that I'm yeah. that upset about. It. I've lost my phone. But we realize our phones are determining us they're shaping us and molding us and so what thacker says is christians we have to be very careful and that's the question is technology shaping us is it determining the way we see the world and how we look at things which i think it is just look at social media and some of the algorithms they're using with facebook and other things they're they're shaping you and driving you to think a certain way manipulating you you can go that far and the other aspect of that, what Thacker says, is it a tool for us? And I think that's what we were getting at as Christians, is we can use it as a tool that's very helpful, that can, can make humanity flourish and make our lives more productive and also help spread the gospel. So it could be utilitarian, but we got to be careful because it could shape us. There's two really good books, both by Andy Crouch. One is Culture Making and one is TechWise Family. But culture making, his maybe his maybe you could say the thesis of that book is we shape culture and we have a job to do that in the church. We need to shape culture. Then also we need to realize that culture shapes us. 
and that's the same through technology. We we can think we've got some you know all the control. Hey, I I I determine what I look at on my phone, but you don't, mm-hmm. and it's shaping you. And in his book TechWise Family, uh, I really encourage families to read this who are struggling with technology. He lays out like ten really great principles on, and maybe the whole thrust of those principles are just limiting your time with your devices and and devices as a family making sure you're doing things together as a family if you're using devices use the device as a family Um, because it's especially when you've got kids that are being shaped by technology you really need to have a parent's guide in there having conversations with kids about when something pops up you can say oh that's that's not good we don't like that you know so comments as as small as that will kind of help fight against some of those things that your kids are seeing um Anyway, two, two really good books, Culture Making and Tech Wise Family, both by Andy Crouch. I used to question the whole being shaped by <clears throat> our phones. Uh, I was one of the, we were pretty late to the smartphone game, uh, which is ironic because I love Apple and I love technology, but it was like 2013 or 14, I can't remember when we finally got a, a smartphone. I was like, oh! And I was like, you know, is it really shaping us? Is it really that controlling? And then I've watched, not in my kids, but I've watched in, in other kids, uh, even with middle schoolers, but I'm talking about younger kids first second grade watching them being controlled by a phone and not just being controlled but it shapes their emotions it shapes their attitudes it shapes the way they treat their parents and and i'm just sitting there in shock like oh my goodness how and you start reading about how their brain is being rewired is being like literally being controlled by technology by this device and we have a lot of those things in place for our girls like there is a time when no more phones like at a certain time at night phones are off you're done there is no Social media, there is for them. There is no, there's all this stuff that we're trying to put that in place because we don't want them to be controlled or developed by by their phones or by other stuff. But yeah, like the negative the negative side of technology, I've watched in eight, seven, eight, nine year old kids. Well, it's funny. But I didn't even think about youth in in the youth group kids I've worked with. But it's so funny to think about now that you brought that up. A kid who wait, you know, maybe a parent waits so they're about fifteen or sixteen to give them a phone. And they become a different person after they yep. get the phone. It's wild. I've watched it in my girls that <clears throat> they literally became a different person. And that's we immediately put the brakes on that. It was like, mm-hmm. whoa, we got to back up and do something different here. Because, I mean, just like overnight, they yeah. were completely different. We we, uh, we diminish the power of dopamine and what it's mm-hmm. what it's doing to young kids' minds. And what it does to our minds. Adults are you know just as bad. We're just as bad. We need those dopamine fixes just like everybody else. And, I will say now, there's been a couple of times on youth trips where this rally or something. There was one we went to in Houston, and I decided I was going to take all their phones for the whole Saturday. So Saturday, and I didn't tell them until we woke up Saturday morning, we got in the hotel, and I said, I want you, everybody give me your phone. Man, you had, they oh, were going yeah. meltdown. I mean, it was just, I watched some of the most childish 16, 17, 18-year-olds just melting down, screaming, crying, but I took all their phones. I left them in my room at the hotel, and we left and went to the church that the thing was being hit. So they had no phones all day long. We get back to the hotel. There's a couple of me like, can I get my phone? I was like, no, we're going to have a, we're having a group devotional time. We'll get it back after that. But the majority of those kids, after they got their back, their phones back, they went 14, 15 hours without a phone. Majority of those kids thanked me afterwards and said that they, they, one girl, Hannah said, I, for, I didn't realize how much I don't interact with people until I had to interact with people. Yeah. And so it's like, they don't realize they're being controlled and developed by it until that's being taken away and so it's actually good 
if we take technology away from our kids. Well, and some of the kids that I'm thinking in our youth group that are most attached to their phone, they say their favorite youth activity is camp because camp makes them take their phones, mm-hmm. and they like that. Yeah. And I'm, and like they're actually saying that. So I, got, I think more and more, I think this generation coming up are going to have a greater respect for what technology does than like even my generation and the the ones above me. Now, does camp take the phones away, or is it just the fact it's in the middle of nowhere and there is no, <laughs> no technology <laughs> yeah. out there? Effectively, they can have their phone, but they're not going <laughs> right. to do anything with it. <laughs> so Devin talked about some of the positives of AI, the chat GBT and everything, but there's also some negatives to AI. I mean, even if you think about, you know, right now, the, the, writer, the Writers Guild of America is on strike, and a lot of it has to do with AI right. because they've realized – Oh my goodness, we're replaceable because yeah. you can just go to ChatGPT and have a, <laughs> a have script. a sitcom written out, <laughs> and so they're you know picketing for their rights and their future and things. Like that. So there are some people who are really struggling with AI and you know like Chris brought up Elon Musk and uh, Tim Cook. He that's the right CEO of Apple right now. It okay. is, yeah. You know when they came out a week or so ago and asked, could we take a, a six-month break from AI? I was like, if, they got, if those guys are scared, maybe we should be a little concerned, too. So, right. so, so what is it about AI that we should be concerned about? Well, there's a few things. There, there's a, some minor ethical things now, like chat GPT. You know, universities and colleges are really concerned about how are we going to keep the lid on this. Plagiarism, you know, it's really hard to, to track with this. But it gets deeper than that. So I think this gets to... The heart of why Christians should be on top of this, like this discussion, we really need to know what a person is. What does it mean to be a human being made in the image of God? And I think that's maybe something that we have not thought deeply about or thought, man, that's kind of simple stuff. But if you're in in an age where we don't know what a person is and why humanity is special, we are in dangerous territory right now. So let's just think for a second. Um, you go way back to the 1950s, you had this group of guys that met uh, and kind of birthed this idea of artificial intelligence. A guy by the name of McCarthy is the father of all this. And they wanted to develop machines that would be able to think and reason. That was kind of their thing. And so it's almost like um, sci-fi. You know, sci-fi a lot of times will predict what's coming. You know, you'll get these predictions. Well, they were looking forward and imagining a time when these machines could reason and uh, that is scary because if we if we look and say, okay, well, what makes humanity special? What does it mean to be made in the image of God? Does it mean we're reasonable and intelligent? If that's it, then these machines pretty soon are going to surpass that. Now, could a machine have emotional intelligence? I doubt that. Could they have all the intelligences that we have all at the same time? Even a child, I don't think a machine will be able to mimic that or actually truly possess that. But here is the rub. We, we, got, we said this earlier, when you have these programmers that are programming the, the technology, we can hold them accountable because they're human beings. Human beings are governed by the law of right and wrong, what we might call natural law. Now, C.S. Lewis points this out vividly in his writing, that there is this sense within us where we know God has programmed us with this sense of this is right and this is wrong. Now you create an entity, a, a machine that becomes self-aware, um, and now it doesn't have the same sense of right and wrong. It's, it's a machine. And now, you know, it decides pragmatically that certain things should be accomplished or done, and there's no regard for right and wrong. You know, for example, like for human beings, we're governed by all kinds of laws, like the laws of, of nature. 
You know, I have to obey the laws of gravity. As a human, I don't have to obey the law of right and wrong, but I know it's there. So here's an example. This may be silly. You know, you go out into Africa in the steppe, and you've got this lion that kills a gazelle. You know, we don't go out and pick it and have, you know, people protesting lions and go, lions are horrible, they're killing gazelles. We're like, no, they're animals. They're doing what they're supposed to do. But if a human hunter goes out and poaches, you know, endangered species, we have problems with that. We're like, we hold them to account. Well, these machines are not soulish creatures. They're not uh, moral agents. And so what happens when these things can think and become self-aware? And we better start considering that. I think you had something you said the other day. It was a great quote. <laughs> well, as a it's child awesome. of the 90s, my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies is Jurassic Park. Uh, because, why not? <clears throat> but... Uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, Ian Malcolm, Dr. Ian Malcolm, when he's he's the ethicist that's there at the park, or that's touring the park, and he's the only one who has a problem with this park the whole time. And they're sitting around the table, and they're they're having a meal, and he finally brings out the big problem. Because they're talking about, oh, our scientists did this, and look at what we've accomplished, and look at where we've gone. And, look at, and he said, You're, the problem is your scientists were so busy asking uh, if they could that they never asked if they should. And... I think that's a lot of the problem with with this is just because we can. Right. Should, we, should you be doing it? Yeah, that's a should great question. It? I think that's the crux of the matter. That that quote pretty much. I know we think of Skynet. So here I'm, I'm going to date myself. You know, I think of Terminator. You know, Skynet becomes self-aware, and Skynet does series of movies. What well, decides? Hey, life would be a lot easier to eradicate humanity. Well, you know, what would pre- prevent a machine that doesn't have that? intelligence that moral intelligence of knowing the moral law given by god which makes us soulish and we're soulish creatures we we have eternity given to us so there's this sense of our creator has has put this into us but what if some entity that becomes self-aware some machine decides humanity's in the way i know that seems far-fetched but these guys that do this for a living are saying we're not that far away from something like that i mean we're closer than we think but i mean you think about every i say every the majority of movies that come out that have something to do with this whether it's terminator or irobot or even you look at uh, avengers age of ultron when there's some kind of ai that's been given a task right it always turns into they this this ai takes that task and does whatever necessary to accomplish that task right and it usually is eradicating humans but but what you're saying is is the 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 root the base of the issue with ai kind of goes back to genesis 1 is you're saying the the image of god which i mean devin you want to read that real quick brush everybody up on what that is then god said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So we can't give demit. There are several things you said there that are really important for this discussion. So first of all, Imago Dei. We're different. Hum- humanity is different. And human life should be preserved at all costs. Because that, that status, so there's this ontological and teleological this idea of you know our worth is derived from god but also we have a purpose in this world we've been given so those things make us different and we cannot let technology usurp our dominion mandate we cannot allow ai to take that um, from us and that goes back to the bible that that in verse 27 is is like solid hebrew poetry where you've got so what is the image of god it's male and female 
Right. And that's something I don't think's really maybe discussed or thought about is well, hey, is AI, you know, is that is that personhood and AI becomes so evolved? Well, they're still devoid of maleness or femaleness. Right. And that is clearly something God says is likeness, especially when those two are coming together, um, that there's the image of God's reflected in a unique way. And that's never gonna happen with AI. No. And you got to think about AI is going to lack so many things that we have that are unique to us, like emotional intelligence. You know, we think of uh, here. I'll pr- play my nerd card, but you know, Star Trek and Data. You know, Data always had trouble with the emotional aspects of relating to people, and I think that will be something that they're mimicking it. But that's still there's just still something special about the fact of a human being that that you know reciprocates love and reciprocates care. When you know it's a machine that's been programmed to do that, that just takes away. There's just something innate about us. I think if we think deeply and really consider this, that we realize how special humanity really is and the blessing that God's given us with these, this moral agency and rationality and emotional capability. It's just a, really it's a gift. And just because AI could do – so it goes back to is the image of God an ontological thing or a teleological? That is, is the image of God just who we are? Or is it something that's placed on us that is our purpose? Right. So let's say the AI is able to do every single thing a human can. It still would not have been given the title and responsibility of image of God. Right. So regardless of how great AI could become, it would still be man and woman's responsibility to have dominion over the earth. The idea of status, I think, in the image of God, we've got to – I think it's both – I think it's both of those, I do too. but I think we better embrace the fact the image of God is a status. Um, God's bestowed that upon us as a gift. He's proclaimed that about us, and AI does not have that. Yeah. And I think that gets into like next week. Are we talking about aliens? Is that mm-hmm. am, I, am I speaking ahead of myself here? No, that's right. That's right. We'll get into that with Spoiler. the alien discussion too. Spoiler alert! I'm going to talk about UFOs and aliens, but that gets into that discussion too. You said something about, and I know. I don't know what we're doing. We may be pushing for time, but I think the I'm not really good on my Avengers Age of Ultron. But you said something about Age of Ultron. Like what the ultimate purpose was what for Ultron? Uh he was given the task of uh peace in our time. That's what was, they they wanted Tony wanted to achieve peace in our time. And so when Ultron became self aware and was growing and becoming more uh Dominating. That's all he was doing was peace in our time. Right. Everything he was doing was to achieve peace in our time. And it's almost like you couldn't root against the villain because he was just doing what he was right. programmed to do and whatever it took. It's a great example. It's exactly what we're talking about. You could That's give. I offered this podcast by the way, <laughs> movie knowledge. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, it's a great. But I think that that relates to to me. Like I can understand that. And that's why I think sci-fi is so cool because it's it's making you think about these these questions. If you're watching it that way critically, you're like, okay, well, we program this technology with this task, and all it's doing is what you programmed it to do. And see, once again, there's no there's no sense of right and wrong, natural law that humanity is precious and we're unique, and so we don't need to eradicate the whole human race. Let's don't kill anyone, you know, if, if possible. If you don't, oh, sorry, go ahead. oh, there you go. You go ahead. Well, if you don't think that we're, like, headed that direction, like, if people still doubt that, you know, that could be no coders, AI, like, that could be no one's intention. 
but it's a matter of like when you collect so many tools within this like what what does what does that become the fact that like this week the university of hong kong and the university of singapore had a research crew and they took fmris and ran it through an ai and they can see what somebody is thinking when they watch an image of a giraffe eating a leaf well then they feed that to the ai and the ai and then and so you feed those mri readings to the ai and it says okay well recapture show us what this person was thinking based on these these brain scans and the ai will generate a picture of a giraffe eating a leaf that is to say ai can read your mind yeah <laughs> that's terrifying and so their you know their thing was well we'll be able to like interpret dreams and be able to kind of read people's you know for people who have um speech speech impediments or the inability to speak you know we'll be able to maybe in vegetative states we'll be able to but let's hold on a second (laughs) do we really want the capabilities to read people's minds yeah should we do that think what marketing firms can do think about the manipulation we're talking about here think about it this and i don't want to get like you know, really negative here, but think about if a nefarious state government or government or, or state entity decides to use AI for its purposes sure. to push, you know, anti-Christian sentiment or, you know, communism or socialism and, and become a totalitarian state and take control, AI would be a great tool. Yeah. Hey, you shouldn't hate people. You shouldn't have ugly thoughts about people. So we're going to make sure you're not you know like how crazy would that, that that's actually been thought about like how could you how could you eradicate christianity through psychological not just warfare but some uh, pharmacology like using drugs that's that's actually been explored before in the past so this is not far-fetched yeah i'm convinced that scientists and engineers watch these movies that were made a long time ago <laughs> just and they like, go and they go, we could do, we could this. do that. <laughs> but I'm also convinced they don't finish the movie because it all it never it's always bad. Out They've well. never finished Jurassic Park. Never never finished let me tell you, Jurassic. if they start extracting DNA from a mosquito, <laughs> I'm, we're going to shut the that gigs down up quickly. So if you're like, uh, maybe if you're like me, you thought, well, I don't, I don't really see the the point of this. I think a, a couple big things here. What I'm hearing is, and this could be about technology. Period. It's almost like the more that we are consumed by technology, the more of our humanity we're giving away. That what makes us special is that, that what makes us unique, that, that we're giving that away, whether you're talking about interactions, relationships, purpose that God has given us. And then the other thing is I think we need to ask all the time is just because I can, should. You know, that's but my girls really want Alexa so bad. And I'm like, you know, and they're like, well, yeah, we can do this. And I really stopped. But, but. But should we like? Should I have? Should I welcome this thing into my home that can hear everything I'm saying? Because I have it. We all have yeah, one. We all have one. But you know, maybe we should ask more often about everything. Just because I can, should I? Right. Yeah. I think that's a great point. I think that's the point of the day. Ooh, the point of the day. That's very nice. Well, uh, Chris, I gave away our next week's episode. We are going to talk about uh, ET, not the movie, because uh, that's terrifying. But extraterrestrials, aliens, and how does that affect the life of a believer? Bum, 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 bum. What was what was that? I don't know. I was trying to, I People post forty will know what that is. Okay. <laughs> Hope you have a blessed week.